Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. And thank you for joining me. It's been a real pleasure to... uh, bring you uh, advisors, authors, and, uh, and others as, uh, with great tips and precautions for those that are contemplating uh, their futures, especially baby boomer business owners. My next guest is Anthony Saccaro, CHFC, President of Provident Financial and Advisors Academy. Um, and Anthony's, uh, uh, again, the founder and president of Providence Financial and Insurance Services. He's a financial planner, registered investment advisor, but first and foremost, he's an educator. So we're going to talk about uh, how we can get educated today. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me um, today, and uh, look forward to our interview. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me. Hey, I know you were on the show many years ago as well, um, and uh, things have changed over the last few years. Uh, w- tell us a little bit about you and your background and your firm and, and what you've been up to to help, uh, help uh, people like our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm a registered investment advisor. I'm also an attorney. And what we do is we specialize in helping folks that are retired or within a decade of retirement position their assets and portfolios in such a way to be able to give them the income that they're going to need in retirement and at the same time protect their principal. So uh, our general philosophy is uh, why, why would you want to sell shares to get your income, which is what you have to do if you're invested in traditional stocks and mutual funds uh, and therefore cannibalize your portfolio to get the income you need in retirement when there's a whole universe of options out there that are designed to give you enough interest and dividends to live off of without having to sell shares. So we focus on helping our clients set up ways, uh, strategies to make sure they never run out of money. In addition to that, we want to make sure that our clients are well aware of the best strategies for things like taking Social Security, uh, things like claiming Medicare, making sure they're protected if one of them gets ill so they've got uh, the proper long-term care strategies in place. Um, and it doesn't end when you are uh, alive. Uh, it also goes beyond your life into estate planning. And as an attorney, we help our clients set up a estate plan so that you're your financial plan while you're alive transitions at death as well and makes it as easy as possible for your loved ones. So that's primarily what we do. Thank you for asking. Is that all? That's all you do? I'm just kidding. Uh, there, there is, that's it, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> when, when, you, when you reach uh, you know, your, your, your elder years, 50-plus, uh, let's say, uh, and you, you're starting to think about you know, how do I protect my assets, how do I uh, leave a legacy. Uh, you know, these little creatures called grandchildren come along, and you're like, you know, I, I'm thinking now beyond the terms of my life and my children's life, how do I leave a legacy? There's a lot to it, and the, the rules and laws are always changing. So let's say, uh, uh, Anthony, we have a, a listener who 
did their estate planning, let's say, ten not that long ago, ten years ago, and they, they put everything in place, and now they're getting closer to retirement. Things have changed a little bit. Maybe they've had some grandchildren along the way. Well, how often should they review those types of plans in your estimate? Yeah, great question, and we often recommend every three to five years that you should pull your estate planning documents out and dust them off and take a look at them and read them. Uh, many times, uh, you know, if someone comes into our office so we can review those documents for them, they haven't, even, they, they haven't done anything other than pull it out of the shelf, bring it to us, plop it down on my conference table, and now I've got to dust it off and look at it. And, and when I go through it, oftentimes what I realize is that uh, or what they realize is that there are so many things that have changed, and these are things that they've never thought of. Uh, a lot of times it's buying assets that they've never funded into their trust like they're supposed to. Uh, if someone has new grandchildren and the trust is not worded properly, then those grandchildren may not be included in the trust, or younger younger individuals having a new child. So really, it's every three to five years is, I think, a good time to sit down and review everything and make sure it still does what you want it to do. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, uh, idea. I think because there's there's not only people changes, like you said, you know, maybe even who did you put in in control of all this, and are they still in the picture? Are they still a good person? Who's your successor trustees? Uh, I've seen I've seen those kind of situations where they named a, a bank or a trust company that no longer exists. It's like this thing's on a road to nowhere. So there are the people issues. There are going to be the the asset issues, as you mentioned. They they may have sold the assets that and and not recorded them properly. And third uh, is is the other issue, which is laws are always changing. So uh, people that set up things ten years ago, um, they they there's a whole new uh, schedule of laws that they need to pay attention to, and also some things that have, might have benefited them, like the increase in the estate tax exemption. So can you address uh, some of the, the major issues that, that you, you know, probably the top three or five that you see people uh, coming in and saying, boy, I, I didn't realize um, that had happened? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So the good news is, is that when you set up an estate plan, which I, I think includes a living trust, uh, something called a pour-over will, uh, durable power of attorneys for assets, advanced health care directive, living wills. There are some basic documents that you need to have. And the good news is, Bill, is that these documents don't change frequently. Uh, we, we had a change in law. You, you're probably familiar with the SECURE Act that changed IRA accounts and, and started January 1st. And if you have a trust that has been designated as the beneficiary of an IRA, uh, then that the laws are going to you know, potentially cause you to have to rethink that, redraft the trust. Your trust is not going to do what you intended it to do because of the new laws. So, uh, but that's only applicable to trusts that are beneficiaries of an IRA. Prior to that change, the, the, the most recent change for trusts and wills and advanced directives was the HIPAA Act, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, which really has been this ongoing progression of changes that started back in the mid-90s and then got updated in 2004. And that change really had a significant impact on trust, on estate planning, 
on privacy. So now if you have documents that are older than 2004, your trust and especially your durable power of attorney for healthcare, which is now known as the Advanced Healthcare Directive, that document's probably no good anymore uh, because in 2004 it required certain wording to be there. So, and a lot of people that we review their trust, they are 20 years old. They're, they've been outdated, uh, the, especially the advanced directives, for 15 or 16 years, and they don't even know that if something happened to them or their loved one and they walked in with their documents that are 20 years old, they're not going to do what they want. So. Uh, good news is they don't change all the time. Bad news is, is when they do change, they could have a significant impact that you would never know about if you weren't working with someone that was knowledgeable. Yeah, and especially because the you know most business owners that, that we work with, that I work with, and I'm sure you too, they're, they're just so busy running their business and trying to keep up with things that they don't realize that the government made some major changes on the taxation of taking money out of IRA accounts and 401k, you know, retirement-based accounts, uh, and they they can have, you know, all the best planning has just kind of gone out the window for a lot of people. Can you address that very quickly on the the distribution uh, changes and as a result of the Secure Act, and maybe open our listeners' eyes a little bit on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's not just people that are working business owners too. It, it's funny, more retirees today are busier than they were when they were working. Uh, I, I hear a lot of retirees tell me that they don't have any idea where they ever found time for a job. So especially when you're not working anymore, you're not in that frame of mind of structure when, it, when every day, you know, when you've got six Saturdays and a Sunday, even as a retiree, it's very easy to forget about these things. And five years goes by just like that. I mean, can you believe we're coming up on a presidential election here? I mean, it's gone, you know, just like that. So the reality is, is that, um, you know, the, the SECURE Act really affected trusts that are beneficiaries of IRAs. When an individual makes a trust the beneficiary of an IRA, there are several different types of trusts that are qualified as what are called see-through trusts or, or pass-through trusts. And depending on how it was set up, usually the trust dictates that the required minimum distribution that is going from the IRA into that trust then has to be mandated or has to be paid to the beneficiaries. Well, uh, the, the new SECURE Act basically says that there are no required minimum distributions for the beneficiaries until the end of the 10th year. So you can no longer stretch it out. Uh, beneficiaries can no longer stretch it out over their life expectancy like they used to be able to, but they can wait as long as 10 years before liquidating that entire IRA, and they're not required to take any distributions for that entire decade-long period. So if a trust, as most of them do, indicates that the trustee is supposed to pay the RMD to the beneficiary, well, then the challenge is, is that there is no RMD until the 10th year. And that's probably not what the settler had in mind when they set up the trust. So it's something that you need to go back and you need to revisit um, in that situation based on the SECURE Act. Uh, but there are a couple of other changes that the SECURE Act made as well. Um, another change was the change to the age 72 minimum distribution rules. So now uh, if you were born on July 1st, 1949 or after, then you now have until age 72 to take your required minimum distributions. You don't have to take it at 70 and a half uh, as well. So that's a, that's a big deal. If you were born before July 1st, uh, 49, then you're still under the old rules. So that was something else that comes into play also. So the SECURE Act changed things. And 
one mistake that we often see people make, more often than I like to admit, is that they never change their beneficiary forms. Um, you know, the, there, there, there's court case after court case after court case of uh, couples where one spouse will pass away, and his beneficiary is the spouse two spouses ago from 30 years ago that he had put on the form as a beneficiary, and you know, he's changed jobs three or four times and been married twice since then and never updated his beneficiary form. And every case all results in the same way, and that is the person on the beneficiary form gets the money. So, you know, if you want to leave a bad taste in your current spouse's mouth, then definitely don't change your beneficiary form and make sure your spouse, two spouses ago, you know, gets the money. Um, so that's, that's something that I good, think everyone yeah. can, yeah, everyone can do. Just check your beneficiary forms and make sure that they're current. People don't do that. They forget. They do because it's it's such a benign form. It's not like the, you know, the trust that's uh, 80 pages long. It's It's just a one-sheet piece of paper and... People think, well, does it does it have much weight? It has a ton of weight, uh, and it, it's, that's a huge problem. And it's really good advice. So, wh- when when you meet with uh, individuals, um, is that something that you do? Is to kind of do a full, uh, I'll call it an audit of their beneficiaries and their their trusts and all that kind of thing, just to, just to kind of make sure that things are as they intended. Yeah, ultimately, when someone becomes a client, that's what we do. Um, You know, when we first meet with someone, people come to us from a variety of reasons. Uh, Some people, you know, know that we've done thousands of trusts, and that's what they want to talk about, so that's what we focus on. Um, Other people know that we specialize in fixed income investments and helping people develop strategies to make sure that they can get, you know, a a 4.5-5% rate of return on their investments without a lot of risk, and they know that that's infinitely better than the bank, so they'll you know they'll they'll come to us for that. Um, so it really depends on how they come to us. But if we if we take on a client, then being a holistic advisory firm, we want to make sure that we touch all those bases. And uh, oftentimes in a free meeting, you know if we're you know if we're kind of interviewing each other to see if it makes sense to work together or not. A lot of times we don't have time to just touch on every single thing that we just talked about. But absolutely, as someone becomes a client, and, and if we start working together, then from a comprehensive standpoint, we look at their estate plan, we look at their investments, we make sure that we understand what the purpose of their money is, that we know what we're shooting for, we have an objective goal, and then we make sure that all of their investments and estate planning support their goal. Many people today are invested in such a way to where their 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 financial strategies or lack of are actually conflicting with what they tell me they want to do in the first meeting, and a lot of times they're appalled when we point that out to them. Yeah, you know, you do need a guide today. You know, you think about uh, the back to the the IRAs and retirement plans. Uh, I heard an interesting comment the other day. They said it's like you know the the government set up these rules so that people would put money into all these plans for to avoid current taxes and build up. And now they've changed the rules at the back end so that they can get their money back. Um, so all the all the great uh, strategies people put in place need to be revisited, maybe understand what it means to convert to other strategies like Roth IRAs and who's to say they won't change those rules down the road as well. But another area that I know that you're involved in is, is in life insurance planning. And uh, with the low interest rates over the last few years, do you find that a lot of people are surprised that their life insurance policy might lapse before they originally thought it would? 
Oh yeah, that's a that's a problem that we run across whenever someone has a whole life or an index universal life or something of that nature where you know, they might have got it back in the 80s or 90s, and all the projections show an 8% or 10% interest rate, when back in the 80s, that was realistic. Uh, I had someone in the office yesterday that uh, was telling me that I, I think it was in the early 80s, she was getting 19% on a CD. Uh, that's the highest that I've heard so far, but that's what what she was saying. But you know, the reality is, is that a lot of these life insurance projections were built on numbers that were realistic for the time, but not realistic now. And whenever we uh, look at someone's illustration, which is something you can get from the insurance company, they'll send you the illustration that shows the projections. You know, uh, oftentimes when someone gets into their mid-80s, they will have eaten through their cash value because it's not performing anywhere near like it was illustrated to perform. And we've even had times where clients in the mid-80s get a bill from the insurance company that basically says, hey, guess what? You now owe us X amount of dollars because you've eaten through your cash value. And it creates panic because people thought that this was funding itself. They didn't even know they were going through their cash value because, let's face it, you almost have to have a Ph.D. or be an attorney to read the statements today when you get them. Correct. And, and that is that is a big issue because I think what happens is a lot of people had an agent, but they don't have an ongoing agent um, because it's a, it's a tough business. A lot of people... Uh, don't last very long in it and then it's then they get these cryptic statements to look at and you know you want to talk about something difficult try shopping for life insurance in your 70s and 80s uh, because yep. your policies just run out it's that's a very tough situation so you bring a lot of clarity to your clients uh, what's the best time would you say for someone to to get involved with a planner someone like yourself uh, what, what are some of the trigger points that that you hear from people that I I just had to come see you because X yeah, well, I think if there's a life change, um, that that's certainly a big deal. I, I think if you're going to pin me down to one point in time, what is what is the one point in time that if you forget all the other points in time, what's the one point in time that I need help? And I'm going to suggest that that is when your life makes a paradigm shift from putting money in your portfolio and saving for retirement to now being in retirement and taking money out of your portfolio. There is a significant difference in strategies for putting money in than taking money out. Um, you know, if you're if you're growing up in this world, heading towards retirement, and you're dollar cost averaging, that's a phenomenal strategy for saving a way to drive the average share price of your mutual funds down. Uh, but when you get into retirement, if you continue in retirement investing as if you were headed towards retirement. It could be one of the deadliest things you can do and really a great way to guarantee that you run out of money before you run out of life if you live long enough. You must change your strategies from uh, what they were heading towards retirement to what they need to be in retirement. And that's the, that's the biggest shift. So I think, I think that's the one point where people have been doing something for so long. They've been working for 30 years. They've been working for 40 years. And they've been doing something a certain way. And when their life changes and their paradigm changes, they don't make the same change with their finances. We see that mistake all the time. And that's a huge mistake. And that's why part of my goal is to make sure that our clients understand that your strategies have to change. Excellent. Uh, Anthony, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and your firm and get in touch with you? I think just going right to our website is a great way to do it. Uh, website's ProvidenceFinancialInc.com, uh, ProvidenceFinancialInc.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, if they're driving and listening to you, 
to the show. They can search Providence Financial, Los Angeles, Woodland Hills. We show up all over the place. But uh, that would be the best way for them to get a hold of us. What's the most interesting thing you think they'd find on your website right now? You know, uh, one of the things that we get a lot of compliments on is that we interact with just about almost all the social medias that yeah, you're going to see, the Twitters, the YouTubes, the Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and, and I have a YouTube channel that if you go to the homepage of our website and you navigate to the YouTube channel, what I try to do is I try to cut through all the noise of what you hear out there in the media and then do a video about what is currently going on and how does it affect you from a real life standpoint not from the bias left or the bias right and all the things you hear that you don't even know what what's true or not um yeah i try to cut to the chase and so a lot of our clients love the fact that i'm just a average everyday attorney um you know investment advisor dealing with clients trying to guide my clients in a good direction and and people that listen to it find that it's just real information because i've got no reason to do to say anything otherwise well, it sure is good to catch up with you and hear about what's been going on, and you, you sure left our listeners with a lot of great tips and ideas and precautions. So I thank you once again, uh, Anthony Saccaro. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Look forward to the next time we speak. Absolutely, Bill. Thank you for having me. Great talking with you again, and uh, I hope I helped a little Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 